We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. The Rocket Mortgage Studios looking a little different today. We're in the convention center in downtown Philadelphia. Army, Navy is tomorrow, Pearl Off, and we are getting... Ourselves set and everyone yeah. set for one of the most special rivalries in all of college sports. Yeah, no, fired up. It's incredible. It's a little bit of Eagles energy in here, too. <laughs> well, let's of, hope not. A lot of winning energy <laughs> in this room. Oh, oh yes, uh, maybe <laughs> that. Uh, let's waste no time. Let's get to it. One of our absolute favorites, friend of the show, Brian Jones, CBS Sports College football analyst, of course, Texas, UCLA, the NFL for all those years. Brian, it is so good to see you. Great to see you guys. Great to see you in person and, and finally meet Mr. Perlow. I know. I feel like... <laughs> that, that excitement is just oozing from you, dog. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to work on that. <laughs> We're going to work on that. I'm we got to get Brian's mic going oh, here. Hello. <laughs> you know... Brian, it's a credit to you that in your booming voice that even without a mic on, we can still hear you crystal clear. I, I hear that go. all the time, and I'm going to start taking that as a compliment <laughs> because I, I think that's a pejorative. It's uh, not. It's not. It's a compliment. Can I'm I a loud that? person. America, yeah, yeah. can you hear me? <laughs> well, I understand the word coming out of my mouth. Okay. You understand. You're like, I feel like we have met. Like you're so, uh, so instantly having you on the show. You're like one of those guys you feel like you know you. Do you really? ever get that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel the, like it's because we the, watch you every week. That's what the police say to me all the time. <laughs> we know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, man, that, I could, well, listen, special place in my heart for your co-host there. We, yeah. we worked uh, alongside each other, same building, I should say, yep. for so many years, and uh, did some shows together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for a minute. So uh, you got a great one, and if you're a friend of hers, you're definitely a friend of mine. Oh, man, that's too kind. Too kind. All right, we got to cut off college football. That's what people want to hear from you for sure, Brian. Okay, the Heisman is tomorrow. Yep. Who do you think is the most deserving? I'm not going to ask you who you voted for. I know you guys have to keep this under lock and key. But who do you think is the most deserving of the award? All of them. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not going to ask for his vote, but you're asking <laughs> who's most deserving. I'm, Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, the way she worded it, I'm like, oh, okay. Wait, what? Listen, I'm, I'm going to fall for that man. I'm going to try to tap You know how many morality. times I've been interrogated? <laughs> I am not falling for that okie doke. Come on. All right. Come again. Um, how about this? <laughs> yeah. um, who do you think had who the best season for? in college football? Who would I vote <laughs> for if they player? paid me? Listen, I – Caleb Williams' fabulous season, yeah. even with the, the bad hammy. That was a gutsy performance mm. versus Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Three touchdowns, over 300 yards uh, passing. If only if he had had a defense, but tackling was optional uh, for, that, for that defense. And that number seven for the defense, uh, he must have been born on the, a bad sign. <laughs> he, he wouldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Um, <laughs> 
great year. You know, Stetson Bennett, who here's a guy, a former walk-on, and for him to ascend uh, as he has through the college football ranks. Remember, he was at Georgia. He left Georgia. He comes back to Georgia, and they still didn't believe in him, and he was such a pest. He wins the job, wins everyone over, of course, has a national title under his belt. C.J. Stroud. The, the way they lost, and you can say that about all these these quarterbacks, uh, except for Stetson Bennett. Everyone uh, is coming off a loss. C.J. Stroud, and and we, they were so hyped throughout the season, then losing in the manner in which they did to Ohio, uh, to Michigan, and Max Duggan. Wow, how can mm. you not root for Max Duggan? Redemption stories, much like uh, Stetson Bennett before. This guy loses his gig, gets it back, and puts this team on his shoulder in that last ball game, almost wills them to a conference championship. What a beautiful story. And his press conference was so heart-wrenching to, to watch there at the end of that, that uh, affair last weekend. So they're all deserving. That's why they all were invited. There were some, some, some that I would have invited as well, such as my man B.J. Robinson at the University of Texas. He had just a superb season. And all the guys ahead of him in rushing yards, they're not ahead of him by a ton, they had a ton more carries. Yeah. So uh, do you think the awards become too quarterback-focused? It's always been an offensive award. It's always been I didn't that. say offensive, but I quarterback. I understand. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> you better give me a minute. I'm with her. I'm, I'm in front of Maggie, so I'm safe. <laughs> I lay out. I let Brian go. I'm from Texas. We talk slow sometimes. <laughs> we formulate our thoughts. Talk like this. You New Yorkers, y'all talk real fast. Uh, no. It's a quarterback award, yes, but it's definitely an offensive award, mm. no, no doubt. And it, it's been quarterback heavy here, here of late. Uh, but it is what it is, and we know that, uh, that it's going to be geared towards those offensive guys. If you could go back in history, recent history, was there a defensive player who you saw play who either deserved the Heisman or was right up there, somebody who really stood out? Will Anderson Jr. a season ago. Mm -hmm. should, yeah. Should, I thought he, he, the, the dominant season he had, what did he have, about 17 and a half, sacks, maybe more, 30-something uh, tackles for loss. He was the most dominant player in college football, and I thought he should have garnered more attention and definitely should have been invited to, mm. to New York City. Okay, so take uh, needs out of it, right? Like, I don't know you know, if the Houston Texans are picking number one uh, first they overall. They need everything. They need everything. But say they go quarterback just because they might need quarterback. But do you think that Will Anderson, coming off the season he had, still deserves to be the number one overall pick? He's that disruptive, yes, and his numbers are down this season because everyone was focusing on him. Mm. He had ten and a half sacks. Um, the tackles for loss were maybe 15, 17, somewhere in that range. Still one defensive player of the year uh, in college football because everyone was focusing on him, and that opened up lanes for his other guys to eat, like a Dallas Turner and, and others on that, that defensive uh, line. So, yeah, he, he's that type of player. He's a generational player type player he's a guy that can go in and, and he, he's uh I, I liken him to the next lt wow wow which high praise well, yes micah parsons gets some lt comparisons yeah he, he does and they move him around a lot yeah. and i'm not so sure you would put will in the middle as much as they do with micah parsons uh, for my beloved uh, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, of course. Go Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys fan again <laughs> after they, they lost to Green Bay. Be quiet, Brian. Who's uh, Brian. our daddy. I know. We're in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, listen, growing up a Cowboys fan, there was only one team in the NFC East I couldn't stand. Well, there were two. <laughs> Washington, of course. <laughs> and then the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Can't stand the Eagles. Giants, 
fine. I could, I could hang with them. But <laughs> Eagles and Washington, no. I know I'm in enemy territory. But uh, they move Micah around quite a bit. I'm not so sure you would do that with Will, just leave him out there on that edge. And he's so strong at the point of attack, whether you're playing the run. And, and, and he's more physical. He's a more physical player than a Micah Parsons, in my estimation. Let's stay with Alabama for a second. Bryce Young on the next level. Would you have concerns about his size? None whatsoever. Why not? This guy can throw it. And he's such a smart football player. And he's elusive as well. And we've seen at the end of last year and more so this year, this guy moving around that pocket. Uh, doesn't have as many durability questions as Tua had coming out of that offense. I know he's dealt with the shoulder earlier this year, getting hurt in the Arkansas ball game. I believe he just missed one ball game, came back, and was still doing yeoman's work. He hasn't enjoyed the receiving core that he had a season ago with Jamison Williams and, and also John Mechie third, but still put up some great numbers. Uh, so I wouldn't have any problems with him as far as height because he knows football. He, he knows this game. And I, I think he's going to be fabulous at the next level as well. Going to the right team, the right system, right scheme. You know, as long as we're talking draftable quarterbacks, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson declared for the draft. I think so far it seems like he is the most discussed and the most polarizing NFL draft candidate because all the skills are there. What did you think of his season at Florida this year? It was a roller coaster season. And this cake is far from being baked. Yeah. This is going to be a project. And if you're open to, to a project, because physical skills are there, this guy's a tremendous athlete. Whew, you're talking about put together. That's him. But is he an NFL-ready quarterback? No way, no how. And you can say that about all these guys pretty much uh, coming into the, to the league. But, no, he's going to be a project. He's got to sit. Maybe utilize him in other ways. You deploy him in some of your RPO schemes. But for him to be an every-down quarterback, no way, no how at this point in his career. Brian Jones is our guest here right on the set. We're in downtown Philadelphia. CBS Sports College football analyst, of course, going to be on the field tomorrow for the Army-Navy game. It's cold. <laughs> you at rehearsal today. It's cold. <laughs> and I don't like cold. That's why I live in Florida. <laughs> Too damn cold. <laughs> No, this is football weather, Brian. That's I ain't playing. <laughs> if I was playing, it'd be football weather. I'm talking about it. I ain't doing it. It's cold. <laughs> okay, we have a couple weeks until uh, the college football playoff, until the Final Four. Is it Georgia and everyone else, or do you think actually Michigan closed the gap and now with Ohio State there and the, and the season TCU had, like, do you think they're as close together as we might thought? It's Georgia and it's everyone else, but they're not as far behind. Mm -hmm. Ohio State maybe because if they display the same or lack of rush defense that they displayed versus Michigan, Georgia will embarrass them. And Georgia can hit you over the head with that run game and the passing game. Those tight ends, speaking of NFL ready, both of them cats, yeah. Bowers and Washington, they're freaks. And then you've got the, the receiving core that's getting healthy, but they're so balanced on that side of the ball. And Stetson Bennett, seven rushing touchdowns. He's playing lights out right now. Ohio State, they're receiving core much like LSU. LSU did to Georgia passing the ball what I thought Tennessee could accomplish. And, of course, we know what happened there. Georgia, six sacks in that ball game, really shut mm -hmm. down Hendon Hooker yeah. and that entire Volunteers uh, offense. But with C.J. Stroud and, and the receivers – that he has available, yeah. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., the other cats on that side of the ball, yeah, they can give you some problems if you can hold up against the Georgia rush. Uh, Michigan, of course, we know what happened to them last year versus Georgia. 
their running game, is it going to be enough with Donovan Edwards and whoever else is uh, there with, with Coram maybe not available? I'm not so sure. I think that's going to be a good game versus TCU. TCU gave up a ton of yardage to K-State, something they didn't do in the first game. And, of course, they shut down my man B.J. Robinson with the help of the Texas coaching mm. staff. Oh. He only had 12 touches in that 17-10 loss to TCU. Um, those, are, those should be some very competitive football games. But Georgia, man, they're, 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 they're so good. And I, I love reflecting on Kirby Smart at the beginning of the season. He was playing possum. He's horrible at being coy. All the guys he lost on the defense oh, I know. side about 15 guys, five first-round picks. But you've seen how they've recruited. They came out against Oregon. and Yeah, and they just plug and play, right? Yeah. They just plug and play, and they coach him up, and now he's got some, some guys that look just like the ones he just lost at the linebacker position and Dumas Johnson, you know, Jalen Carter. Yeah. We're talking about my man Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter. He's going to be the first defensive lineman taken by far and i hope he goes to my cowboys please that's the <laughs> no. only missing piece yeah yes. no, y'all don't <laughs> buffalo fans here y'all don't need him um y'all do not cowboys need him we need a big old body that's fast twitch athletic is all did y'all see the play last week in the sec championship game where he tackles Jaden dancing holds him up with Picked one arm up. yeah like the statue of liberty <laughs> I, I picked up my daughter when she was three years old like that. That, that was, was like yeah, right. what my older brother used to do to me before a Not body a grown slam. man yeah. picking up another grown man, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, last question for me. The transfer portal. You had a thousand names going day one. Is this good for college football players? Some, not all. And we learned at a very young age, you don't leave a job unless you have another job lined up. Now, sometimes it's out of you know, your hands. They just fire you and say, we don't need you no more. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> Why y'all do me like that? <laughs> Thought I was good. Um, I think it's a terrible decision if you're leaving because of you're, you're afraid of competition. I transferred. Started out at UCLA. Great time out there. Transferred to where my heart was, even though I was at UCLA, and that's the University of Texas. And I could have gone there out from the jump. But at that time, you know, the whole conference was in turmoil. And, we, and when we have more time, we can, we can go in depth on that conversation. But... First of all, make sure you have a landing spot. I know that's kind of difficult when you have these tampering rules that are in, in place. Don't run from competition. And just understand, the grass isn't always green on the other mm-hmm. side. The weeds may be deeper. And, but with this NIL age we're living in, uh, guys are, are looking for a payday. And I don't begrudge you because I was a big proponent of this legislation coming online. Uh, but you just got to understand, if you're going to play this game, if you've been developed by a certain coach, in a certain system, why not stay there and fight it out? And I will also end with this. Maybe we need to put our focus in the high school level and Mm. the parents and these kids Mm. and make sure they manage expectations and understand, well, maybe my kid's not a fit for this school that you're you're leaning towards signing with. Uh, Maybe this coach, his approach, that doesn't jive, doesn't resonate with me as a player and there are some behavioral assessment tools that are out there that will allow you to figure out whether or not you align as a player with a coach and vice versa because they don't always mix. Mm. And so if we can manage those expectations at a younger age, maybe you wouldn't have as many guys jumping ship and looking for work at at other institutions. Man, that's really smart. And also the parents probably think I put all the money into the strength coach and the speed coach and the personal throwing coach and all that stuff. Like, I, I know my kid's a first-round pick. It's, no. like, it's not like that. No. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard to tell those folks who have those type of resources and the ability to 
help build up little Johnny, if yeah. you will. But you got to be honest with little Johnny. I remember my sister, <laughs> my niece, my sister was a hell of an athlete. And my niece, she was very young, I would say six or seven, running on some track team and was doing horribly. My sister said, well, baby, maybe track ain't for you. <laughs> Just be honest with them. You know, but speaking of selling dreams, final one before we let you go, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders is oh. now going to oh. be selling dreams to everybody. I mean, he's the top story in college football. What What do you expect from Deion Colorado? I, I expect him to win. I expect, when has he not won? That's Tell true. me. Whether it was baseball, on the football field, now coaching. And it's, it's just been interesting and deflating to see all the hit pieces that are being yeah. written and the people who are upset. These black folk that expected him to be the next Eddie Robinson and stay at an HBCU forever. He went there. He elevated that program. None of these people who are complaining now never had Jackson State on their on their lips. Yeah. Never ever had they mentioned Jackson State. He elevates that program. He gives those kids something to believe in. He shakes up college football by going and signing the number one overall uh, college recruit, snatching them from his alma mater. And now he's going to move on to Colorado and the next challenge. And I'm so happy for him. And Kudos to Colorado. They've hired now four black head coaches of their football program. No one's even close to that. And when 70% of the damn players on the field look like Dion, yet they can't get a coaching job, that's a travesty. And I know we can't invoke the Rooney rule uh, in college, but they need to come up with something to uh, make it more equitable, if you will. I'm not saying giving them a handout. No, I know diversity and inclusion are, are dirty words. They're anathema to a lot of folks. No. You have to earn it. That's what this sport's all all about. There's a reason they keep score. And Dion has earned this right. And speaking of that portal, you know how many guys have reached out to him? Oh, yeah. He's going to have to turn them away because <laughs> they want to play for him. And if you have aspirations to go to the next league, especially if you're a defensive back, wouldn't you want to go and learn oh. from one of the best to ever do it, a Hall of Famer? Yes. And the coaching staff he's going to amass, as he did there at Jackson State, those guys had tentacles that reached – to the NFL. So uh, he's going to do just fine. You, 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 I saw a video of a basketball game there at Colorado the other yeah. night, and they were cheering Deion Sanders. <laughs> he's going to be just fine. And they knew what they were getting. I'll end with this because everyone was up up in arms about this his first talk to his team. You know how many times I've heard that speech? Hit the portal. He said, <laughs> he said the quiet part out loud. Mm. And he didn't necessarily say hit the portal. What he was saying is, we're good. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name Reggie Hammond. And, <laughs> and y'all win some games. I won't have to come around and messing with you. No, what he was saying was, it's going to be different. We're going to hold each other accountable. It's going to be more difficult. It's going to be more physical. But that's what you need. You won one football game. Yeah. One. And, and if that bothers you, fine, because it's his job, as it is for every coach, to weed out all the non-hackers. Every coach mm-hmm. has said that. Prior to Dion, and even today, they're saying the same thing. They just don't say it out loud as Dion did. Brian, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. I we appreciate love it. Yeah, yeah. And we also we got a note from management. You're so good that they want you to come in after the college football season three they, times a week. Three times. How much from they gonna the pay beach. me? From the beach. <laughs> Is there nil? Still not. I'll do it from the beach in my speedos. No cameras though. Yeah, that's quite a zoom. Uh, Brian Jones, watch it tomorrow. Of course, as part of all the Army Navy festivities. This is awesome. Call it is a treat. It is a treat, man. If you've never yeah. gone to this game, you got to do it. It's the, great. They're and I setting see, up see, I'm, I'm already back in radio 
him. I used to do this to Gio all the time, and and, and, and Chris Moore. I'd mess up. You trying to go to break and all that? Nope. <laughs> That's my job. Don't hit the post. That's my job. I would not let him. I hit mess the post. up Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Only coming up next. It's just former Green Beret yeah. Nate. And oh, Nate Boyer. I'm gone. That's <laughs> my man. Hook him horn. Where's Nate? Right yep. There. Nate's right Where's behind Nate? you. Right behind you. Hook him horn. U.S. Army Green Beret. Yes. Former Seattle Seahawk. <laughs> Nate Boyer's going to join us. BJ, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're back with more Maggie and Perloff from the Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia in just a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast streamed live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodsports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We're here in Philadelphia at the Media Row for Army-Navy game. Maggie, how special is this? I know. It's just been fantastic. And they're definitely setting up for some kind of party that's going to be going on behind us. So you can feel the buzz in the crowd getting even more excited. And we're so excited now to welcome onto our set Nate Boyer, of course, the U.S. Army Green Berets. Got a new movie out. It's called MVP. You directed it, Nate, and you star in the film as well. Uh, Before we get to the film, though, you know, you hold such an interesting space in, in a special place in, like, the history of the NFL. Do you feel that? Do you realize that with the advice you gave to Colin Kaepernick all oh, those years man. ago? Oh, man, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. I mean, I thought you were going to say because I was, you know, a 34-year-old rookie that played in one preseason game. That oh, that's a special, <laughs> a special place. Yeah. No, but I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I think, I think uh, being, a, being a veteran, uh, first of all, and, and sort of part of the, the, the Special Forces mission uh, overseas, uh, our motto is De Oppresso Libera, which means to free the oppressed. Mm. And it's something all service members share, like continued service after the uniform comes off. It's something that we kind of need. It's it's who we became and figuring out ways to continue to fight the fight uh, in their communities as well. And sometimes that just means like listening and having a conversation with somebody that you, you may have different perspective of and, and, and uh, maybe not agree on everything. But, you know, we live in times where it feels like people don't 
ever listen to each other and or engage in these mm -hmm. conversations, or at least as much as they should. Nate, can you tell the audience who might not know you a little bit of how you came to football, where you, how your journey landed in Texas and yeah. you know, coming from the Army? Yeah, you know, I didn't play growing up, and yeah. it was like a huge regret of mine because football is my favorite sport. I grew up in the Bay Area during the 49ers dynasty, and so my heroes were Montana and Rice and Roger Clay, Craig and Ronnie Lott and all these guys, and, um, and I didn't play as a kid, and then I got to high school, and I was into baseball and basketball, and I think I was just kind of scared, like, well, what if I ride the bench or don't make the team? or eh, I'll, just, I'll just not do it, and I regretted it. Uh, and, and I regretted it for the next decade after high school. Uh, and I was in Iraq on a deployment. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to be, uh, to be a Green Beret, be a part of the Special Forces, like, very elite unit, um, but also a, a, the type of unit that expects more out of each individual. And you kind of, we all had our different interests and things that we were into. And, and feeling like I was finally ready to go to college, I was like, you know what, wherever I go, I'm just going to try out for the football team. I'm just going to see what happens. And I ended up going to UT, which is <laughs> yeah. a pretty good football team, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Not exactly it, Division Three. you chose there. No. Yeah, you know big what? football and school. Initially, I kind of thought I might do that. And mm. a buddy of mine, Brad Keyes, uh, who, who passed away in 2012, um, he was, you know, a, a, another one of the, the Green Braves on our team. And he was the guy that was sort of like, Dude, wherever you go, you've got to go to a big school. you got to just go big and, and see what happens. I mean, if it doesn't work out, whatever. But I know who you are, and I know the type of person uh, that you aspire to be. And it'll bother you if you sell yourself short and kind of, you know, take the, the easy way out in a sense. So, so go big. And, and I did, and fortunately it worked out. <laughs> and then Seattle, uh, then you were in camp and yeah. played a yeah. easy game. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was great. I, yeah. At Texas, I couldn't get on the field as a safety, so I started long snapping, yeah. which is a very thankless job. <laughs> um, and I ended up being decent enough at it to uh, start for three years and get an, an opportunity at the next level. I had the, the at the time it was the St. Louis Rams and the Seattle Seahawks both offered me a, a you know a free agent contract, and, um, and I went to Seattle because I thought about Brad. And at that time, anyway, the Rams were coming off a 4-12 and year, and the Seahawks had been to back-to-back -back Super Bowls, and I was like, I can't not go for that <laughs> Gotta one. Gotta go big. And, uh, and it was cool. I mean, I got to, I was there for OTA's training camp, and I got to play in one preseason game before getting released, and always grateful for that opportunity. Cool. I mean, I, I, it was a dream come true. I was 34 years old, and, you know, I'm at, I'm at midfield warming up pregame, and Peyton Manning's in his last season, and he's next to me oh. throwing ball. It was just one of those moments. So you know? awesome. That is so cool. Nate Boyer is here with us. He is, of course, a U.S. Army Green Beret and now has a new movie called MVP that he directed it, that he also stars in. So making this film, you yeah. had to maybe tap into some things that, I don't know, how, how close to the surface are some of these feelings maybe of a veteran coming home and kind of connecting with another veteran was that difficult for you was it cathartic for you both uh absolutely both um something that was special about the project first of all you know mvp uh is it, the the film itself is based on the genesis of a charitable organization that i co-founded with with jay glazer and we bring together combat vets and former professional athletes and help them find purpose and identity when the uniform comes off um and the movie is about the genesis of that organization. Mm. So the, the, the character that I play, is named Zephyr in the film, uh, it's based off the backgrounds of two of our uh, veterans that 
still are staff members now, and they're the ones who really built the organization, who really started bringing in um, a lot of the veterans. And, and, you know, Jay and myself were bringing in some of the athletes, and I was also, you know, connecting with some of the vets to kind of get them in the door. And we were working out together, and then we would huddle up, and it was like this peer-to-peer coaching yeah. um, that we would do. And, and a couple years after we had been up and running, uh, a guy that served, he's from Wales, and he served in the U.K. military alongside some Americans, he had been coming to session. He was living in San, uh, San Clemente, and he's driving up to L.A. and coming to session. He's like, dude, this is a movie, and I, you know, I've, I've written a few books. If you're interested, we can get together and try to figure out this story. And wow. so we did, and as we got closer and closer to production, realizing you know, we're in the middle of COVID and we don't have any money, <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, well, now beyond just maybe being a producer on it and playing a smaller role, I might as well direct it. Mm. We don't have to pay a director. And I might as well uh, play one of the leads. We don't have to pay that actor. Uh, but also I connect with the story, to your point. Like a, those individuals I know very well, but also I it dealt and deal with, you know, struggles, as we all do, um, with trying to fit into society and feeling like you belong and losing that uniform and identity and, and, and uh, trying to find your team again. Uh, I get that. And, I mean, and that's really what the movie's about. That's what the organization uh, is working towards helping people find that locker room and camaraderie again when we when we lose that uniform. So Nate, uh, Maggie, several years ago, Nate took me on a day. I don't even know if you remember with my wife to see Steve Gleason, oh, uh, and yep. it was one of the most powerful days of my life. And you, you said something interesting about uh, you know you see, and I know it's not just with Steve. A lot of people, you see people a lot of injuries in your life, but you you can see the strength that comes from resiliency. What is it that we can learn from people who maybe have been broken at some point and then have come back? You know, when you work out in the gym and you're training, you're training your muscles, you're actually tearing them, you know, yeah. you're destroying them. And, they're, and then where they rebuild is in that recovery process. So I'm not saying people should go out and try to make a mess of your life so that you have something to be resilient about. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not promoting <laughs> that. But we all have those things, whether it was from your childhood, you know, and, and, and you know, you, you felt inadequate or you were bullied or whatever that thing is, or later in life and you, you know, you made some mistakes or you ha- were dealt a, a bad hand and there's, there's, everybody's got a story and everybody's got things they've had to overcome. Um, I think just understanding that uh, we're all capable of doing something great with our lives, but there is no greatness without an obstacle, you know? I mean, yeah. if we have nothing to overcome, then it's not that nobody cares, but it's not as incredible, you know what I mean? And the more we have to overcome, often uh, the more we become great, start to believe that we're valuable and worth it and that we can kind of do anything. And, you know, for me, I think growing up, I felt, uh, I was really hard on myself and I felt really inadequate for various reasons that, that don't make sense, <laughs> but for whatever reason, your bra- our yep. brains do what they do. And it took me a long time to actually believe in myself, but um, because I had some good people in my life, and uh, I just had that type of mentality where I just would not, I just didn't want to give up. I'm like, if I don't make it, great, but I'm, I can't quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up on myself. And eventually, things start to happen. You start to uh, achieve little victories, and you start to believe in yourself. You give yourself those reasons to believe. And eventually you're just like, you know what, I, I can do anything. And I think that that's what's important about my story to, to me is that anybody could have done, almost anybody could have done the things that I did. Of course, there are people that have different 
um, things to overcome that may, maybe make some of that stuff uh, more challenging. But, you know, you could do it. I, I'm not a great athlete. Uh, I'm not very smart. Uh, I, I, I think I, I do a good job of um, throwing myself out there and kind of putting in the reps and the work and just doing my best at things. But, uh, but I, I'm not like a specifically talented person. I just... I dedicate and, and, you know, make the sacrifices necessary to, to achieve that thing. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, like, I, I don't want to live with regret. That's, like, the number one thing. Yeah. And I think that that's something that anybody can do. Okay. This is a bit of a downer question for a Friday afternoon. All good. But Maggie and I talk about this a lot. When Tua got concussed earlier this mm. season, just the brutality of the sport. And I know with Jay, you've met a lot of former players. And the pain of sport, I think, like us, you're a huge football fan. How do you reconcile the fact that, you know, these guys are going to, a lot of guys are going to have a tough time after they're done playing. How, what would you tell a fan who's like, you know, I feel sometimes uncomfortable watching the sport. When, when Tua got concussed early in the season, that was very hard to watch. But I still love the sport, and I know Tua was eager to get back on the field. So what would you tell people who are worried about that kind Jeez, of thing? Geez, softball question for the guy. Yeah. yeah. Really. No, but I know That's Nate could answer. One. That's yeah. why I, I mean, it's a tough one because you're absolutely right. As... Tragic as that is and as sad as that, that was, you know, seeing him, you know, stumble and fall after that hit and then again next week almost maybe worse. Yep. And understanding that the result of that can be as as bad as death, which yeah. is insane. But that's also why we love the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the intensity of it and the big hits. I mean, the, the the amount of, you know, the courage that it takes. I mean, you get, you're running down the field, and you got to you be willing to run through a brick wall, and there's a freight train coming the other way, and it's just like, that's crazy. Um, and that's why we, you know, that's why we love it. So it, it, it is a tough one. I think the more that teams, and when I say teams, that's all levels, starting with, you know, junior, are teaching um, some of the stuff we, we were doing in Seattle was this rub, rugby tackling, and they were very serious about it because usually the, well, not usually, but oftentimes the players who – uh, get the most injured are the ones who are dropping their head, you know, and throwing their eye, you know, taking their eyes out of the tackle and, you know, uh, spearing. And and then we look at the, you know, we complain about the penalties against the quarterbacks and all that stuff, but that's why they're there, to protect from that situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, a quarterback's considered brave when he stands in the pocket and throws that ball even though he knows he's going to get wrecked, and that's great. But if the other side of that is he, he ends up getting pounded to the ground and his head's hitting the turf and it's potentially creating lifelong damage uh, that's not okay either you know and i always there's a lot of fans and people that are like oh my gosh he retired from the game so early he left that he quit you know or whatever and i'm like you don't know what's going on with that person uh, and a lot of those a lot of those people um they just they want to have another life after football and if you look at the stats uh for people that play a long time in the nfl it's not great you yeah. know with the injuries and even the life expectancy it's it's kind of crazy and so I get that. I get that side of it. I just think we, we need to continue to, to do the research and continue to like support when the league decides to make uh, choices uh, that quote unquote soften the game. I don't think that's the right word, but as you know, smarten the game. Maybe I think we got to support that. You know, I mean, that's it's it is brutal out there, and yep. we got to be we got to protect the people first. Wait, I feel bad now. Here's okay. a softball. How many touchdowns is Army going to win by tomorrow? That's oh. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, probably less than one because this game is always, they're going to win. Oh, okay. Army, oh okay, win. okay. But this game is always, you know, it's amazing. It's such a battle. And 
I mean, I mean that figuratively and realistically because these guys are, a lot of them are going to be going to battle. And I think something that's so cool about this, if you've never been, it is like a pilgrimage you have to make. Yeah. You have to come to the Army Navy and the energy and the feeling in the stadium, the emotion. Um, for the seniors, it's the last time they'll ever play football. Um, and then just knowing that every person on that field uh, would be willing to take a bullet for every person watching the game, mm. you know, in the stands, at home, like for one another, even guys on the other side of the ball tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's just so unique and, and so it's, it's very cool. It's very, uh, it's very special. And, um, and I love that. And I, I mean, the way they play the game too, that <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, the team's going to throw it once or twice, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You know what they're running, but it just, it speaks to like attention to detail yeah. and all these little things that, you know, these young men uh, have developed uh, over their, their careers here. And, and, and then they have to coach it and play it different. Um, but the, it seems like they're even both teams are having a bit of a down season with the record. They're in. They're, they seem to be in yeah. like every game, you know, no matter who they're playing, because it's just hard to prepare for a team that doesn't make a lot of penalties, that is disciplined, that will not quit. I mean, <laughs> it's just tough. It speaks a lot to that to character. Nate, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. U.S. Army Green Beret, Nate Boyer, now the director and one of the stars of MVP, which is the acronym is Merging Vets and Players, and now it's the movie that's available uh, on demand. Thanks so much for doing yeah, this. Thank really you so much. It. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Uh, MVP, it means a lot. It means a lot. Go to vetsandplayers.org to learn more about the organization. And as you said, please go watch the movie. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank awesome. you. All right. Perloff and I will be back. We're going to make our picks for week 14, Maggie and Perloff style, but not before a CBS Sports Update with Marco Belletti. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.